Welcome to this second episode of our special 2014 Nobel Prize editions of Science Talk, the podcast of Scientific American. I'm Steve Mursky. Today, the Physics Prize. This year's prize is about light. Royal Swedish Academy of Sciences Permanent Secretary Stefan Normark. The Royal Swedish Academy of Sciences has decided to award the 2014 Nobel Prize in Physics to Professor Isamo Akasaki at Meiji University, Nagoya, and Nagoya University, Japan, Professor Hiroshi Amano at Nagoya University, Japan, and Professor Judy Nakamura at University of California, Santa Barbara, for the invention of efficient blue light-emitting diodes which has enabled bright and energy-saving white light sources. Professor Bertel Singh will now give us a short summary. Uh, red and green LEDs have been around for many years, but the blue was really missing. This lamp contains three LEDs, one red, one green, and one blue. If you combine these colors, you get white light. This is something that Isaac Newton uh, showed already in 1671. Thanks to the blue LED, we can now get white light sources which have very high energy efficiency and very long lifetime. This LED technology is now replacing older technologies. In fact, many of you carry this technology in your pocket. The flashlight and also the screen of modern smartphones uses LED technology. Professor Uli Inganes will now continue and give you some of the details. And we will continue to look at the history of lighting, which has been around now for the last few millennia of, of human evolution. We started out by burning fuels inside lamps. In the geometry, quite similar to that lamp we see over there. However, that has mainly been used here at KVA, using incandescent lighting and electrical light. Uh, over the last hundred years or so, since Edison invented these things, the fluorescent lamp was introduced somewhere in the early 20th century. And then we saw much, much later the arrival of the lighting element that we are now celebrating in this year's Nobel Prize. And what you see is, of course, an enormous increase of the power efficiency, of the use of electrical energy in generating light. Now, something like a fourth of our electricity consumption in most uh, industrialized economies goes to illumination. So these effects, having much, less, much more light for much less electricity, is really going to have a big impact on, on our modern civilization. Uh, we see that impact. You see it in the streets, you see it on the cars, you see it in the lights. And they're all based on the use of these light-emitting diodes. They come in different colors, not only white, but blue, red and green, as we saw here. Uh, and they have not only the advantage of much, much better using the electrical energy, they also give a very much longer lifetime, maybe a hundred times longer than that of the standard incandescent lamp that is now being um, going into re retirement. Uh, also, it doesn't bring the mercury along that uh, intermediate generation of fluorescent tubes uh, is, is uh, contributing as a problem to industrial civilization. So we will most certainly be able to use this technology. But it took a long while to arrive at this possibility. Uh, the red LEDs have been around since the early 1960s. The green LEDs, some years later, uh, advances in semiconductor technology using this band gap 
semiconductors with different band gaps lies at the highest, uh, li lies at the base of this. But the blue thing, the blue light emitting diode, was very, very difficult to accomplish. Not that there was a lack of effort. There was continuous efforts in industries to generate blue light uh, emitting diodes. Because today, with the ad advantage of having these available, we can generate all those colors. We can combine in, in uh, color mixing with three different colors in the individual lamp. Or we can use, as you will find mostly maybe on the market today, a blue or UV emitting LED, illuminating a thin layer, absorbing this energy and uh, converting it to other colors. Uh, the structure of these uh, lamps are very similar to what you have at the base of your semiconductor electronics that's driving the information uh, technology. Uh, a, a diode, a combination of semiconductor materials where you have one layer carrying holes, one layer carrying electrons, they transport these charges at two different energy levels, but when they meet in this intermediate layer, the active layer, they recombine and when they fall into each other, they turn up and turn light on. Uh, so this is the physical mechanism uh, that lies at the heart of this uh, device. And our laureates of, of this year have contributed greatly by the inventions that made it possible to grow the gallium nitride and alloys of gallium nitride materials in the particular geometry suitable for building such diodes. Uh, you have to be able to grow these. And that was attempted for three decades before the, in, the inventions of, of Akasaki, Amano, and Akamura. You have to be able to form these diodes. And there was a great problem with passivation of the dopants being used to create these. It was solved by discoveries and inventions in these Japanese labs. And you have to introduce more colors, and you have to build them into structures which well confine the electrons and the whole searching each other in order to generate light emission. Each layer may be a fraction of a micrometer thin deposited from the vapor phase in big uh, synthesis machines. Uh, what you see in the, in, in the, um, at the market might be a light bulb where there's a tiny, tiny speck of matter with this structure, sub-millimeter sub size, is emitting uh, quite a bit of light. Of course, the access to electricity is very weak in many areas of the globe. There is no electricity net. They don't have the electrical power generation accessible. This is changing because solar lanterns uh, being used to generate light with little electricity help out in balancing the, uh, the systems where you have uh, solar photovoltaic plants and store them in batteries for use at night. And this is very much in the, in the uh, mind of Alf Nobel who wanted to give his prize for the, to the inventions for the better uh, ben benefit of mankind. And this is why we award this year's prize to Akasaki, Amano and Nakamura. Thank you, Professor Inganes. Per Delsing then spoke with Swedish science journalist Joanna Rose. Per Delsing, you are chair of the Nobel Prize Committee in Physics, and this year's prize is uh, awarded for an invention. And it's really something that will benefit most people. Uh, artificial lighting is everywhere around us, and this is a way to make artificial lighting much more efficient than other older light sources. It also gets rid of some of the problems that we have with, with, for instance, fluorescent light sources, 
which use mercury and and these ones don't have that and so we can get rid of of, of the mercury but there are also other uses uh, which are maybe not so big today but in the future maybe we will see portable devices that can uh, disinfect water or, or to to sterilize water because UV light can uh, can can kill bacteria the hard thing here is that the prize is awarded for invention of a blue light emitting right. diode yeah. so how does it go together <laughs> well it's uh, it's so that to get white light you really need to combine at least three different colors so typically you you mix red and green and blue uh, and this is well known this is actually known since Isaac Newton in 1671 uh, but uh, it was so, so the, the red and the green LEDs have been around for a long time but the, the blue one has really been missing and so now uh, these laureates have, have made the inventions that made it possible to make efficient blue LEDs and so now we have that and we can mix it with the red and the green and that provides white light sources. So what did they do that the others failed to make? Yeah, so, so this is very interesting because they, the, so, so what's fascinating is that, that uh, a lot of big companies really tried to do this and they failed. Uh, but these guys persisted and they tried and tried again and eventually they actually succeeded. And you can say there's two, two major things they did. One was just to grow a sufficiently good material. Uh, this, is, this is called gallium nitride. And that was very hard to grow and to, to get a good material. And they managed to do that. And the second part was to dope it uh, in the right way. You, in, in semiconductors like this, you, you dope both electrons and holes. And it was the hole doping which was very difficult. Uh, but they succeeded in doing that too. So, uh, and, and it was really an effort that where, where all the three pe uh, people were, uh, contributed to this. Akasaki and Amani worked together uh, in one lab and Nakamura worked in another lab. And they made it in parallel? Yes, they very much made it in parallel and they made different versions of it and they sort of improved each other's results. Yeah. And this seems like a giant step in making light. So, so what's interesting is that this kind of, this way of making light is actually getting quite close to the theoretically possible way. So that every time you put in one electron, uh, you get one particle of light, a photon out. And, and that's the, the maximum you can get. And, and these, these LED sources are actually going towards that goal. So okay. it, it will be hard to find something that will be better. So we will be left with this now for Ever? <laughs> I think so. They will, of course, improve over the years and, and become a little bit better. Uh, but it, it will, you will not get anything that will be, you know, 10 times better. There's not room for that. So they are already now as good as they can be. Oh, n not <laughs> quite, but they're, they're over 50% uh, efficiency. Yeah. And, and you uh, can only go to 100. So. And the laureates, they worked in Japan in two different yes. places? Yes, so, so all, all of the three are... are born in Japan uh, and they worked in Japan when they did this work uh, uh, but Na Nakamura has now moved to California and is in Santa Barbara.
How did they react when the telephone call came from Stockholm today? Uh, well, they, they were they were of course quite pleased, uh, and uh, Nakamura. We woke up in the middle of the night, uh, but because he, he's in the states, yeah. he, he's in California right now. Yes. Yeah. And uh, Akasaki, he was in. For him, it was evening, so he, he was of course awake. But uh, Amano, he's on a, an airplane from from Japan to France right now. So we didn't reach him. So uh, hopefully, there will be people meeting him at the airport and giving him the good news. Like a douche, another.